At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Heart beating out of your chest? A symptom of love, fear, or something more serious? Pump up the volume on this week's topic, Heart Palpitations, with Dr. Jonathan Fialco and our guest, Dr. Mario Pasquale. Hello again, folks. This is Dr. Jonathan Fialco, and welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast. I'm a practicing preventive cardiologist and lipidologist at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Baptist Health South Florida, as well as Chief Population Health Officer for Baptist Health South Florida. As a practicing physician for almost 30 years, I often see people who are confused about things they're told or hear that can be related to their health. Um, I should say this is not just patients. It could be true for family members and friends and other people in our community. What we're told is good for us one week may be bad for us next week, and what we eat or do may be totally fine, but we're led to be fearful of its effects, and the opposite can be true as well. We sometimes get magical benefits from a food or a supplement or an activity. Our goal with this podcast is to speak with experts and review the kinds of questions that I and others have and hear, and hope to provide some sense of clarity for our listeners. If you have any thoughts about this podcast, hopefully positive, please feel free to leave a message at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Any requests for future topics will be appreciated as well. Now, on to today's show. Skipped beats, fluttering, pounding in the chest, hearing your heartbeat in your ears, all these are palpitations. It's an unexpected and sudden awareness of your heart beating. It can be disconcerting. It can produce anxiety. Some feel them infrequently, and some feel them every day and every hour and every minute. Most are benign, but at times they can be signs of something more significant. To help guide us as to how to evaluate and at times accept palpitations, we have with us today one of our cardiology rock stars at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute and Baptist Health South Florida, Dr. Mario Pasquale, who is the Medical Director of Electrophysiology at at Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute, and welcome, Mario. Thank you, John. Very excited to be here. Thanks. It's great having you. So um, before we get to the palpitations, I think we'll be doing our listeners the best service to tell them what is an electrophysiologist. Yep, absolutely. So electrophysiologist is a branch of cardiology where we have gone ahead and done a couple of extra years of training in order to understand really what heart arrhythmias um, are and how to best treat them. So when you say extra training, I think it is important to note general three years of internal medicine, three years cardiology, and then after that, you do additional training exactly. for electrophysiology that's for how exa- many years? That's exactly right. Two years of electrophysiology. Yeah, that's a so long haul. Eight bro. years after medical <laughs> school. Yep, yep, but we're glad you did it because you were able yeah. to help us and help our patients and help our community. So palpitations, um, very common term. Uh, many people feel them. A big cause of people visiting emergency rooms, urgent cares, and doctor's offices. What's a palpitation? Sure. You know, palpitation, I think you described it pretty well before. It's a symptom. And so as it is a symptom, everybody's going to have a little bit of different sensation. Some patients feel an extra heartbeat. Other patients feel very rapid heartbeats. Other patients are just aware that their heart is beating. So then that can be experienced in the chest, towards the throat, towards the back. And so really it's defining that symptom that's causing palpitation that's really important for the patient. So is it is are there times where it's normal for a person to be aware of their heart beating? Absolutely. I can say that most patients that feel palpitations, most of the time it will end up being normal. And sometimes it could be not even an electrical abnormality. It's just their normal heart beating that they're aware of. Exactly right. So, you know, many times, let's, you know, during the day we're entertained and we're, you know, at work, we're busy, we're, we're in conversation. And then all of a sudden at nighttime, um, you know, we're about to get into bed and 
all of a sudden we're aware that our heart is beating and that can be that can certainly be normal you know just now aware because you know you're not entertained or busy with anything else so you're less just on your aware mind yeah less on your mind yeah exactly right and then you feel it you get a little nervous so what happens yeah exactly right then you go to the get worse. <laughs> yeah exactly right, <laughs> right. Yeah. so when someone's feeling again the different uh, symptoms again skip beats fast beats whatever how can the person know of hey wait a minute this is something i should get checked out or oh it's just something i'm feeling because of sure. something we'll talk about absolutely and, and i think anybody that feels some palpitation should you know have a conversation either with their primary care physician or with a cardiologist or, the, or with their electrophysiologist and really describe exactly what they're feeling you know when we see patients with palpitations we want to kind of understand if we have palpitations that are causing pretty significant lightheadedness, dizziness, certainly episodes of losing consciousness, then you certainly probably want to get checked out sooner rather than later. But the sensation of feeling, of being aware of your heartbeat or feeling extra beats now and then, overwhelmingly likely normal, and have the conversation with your primary care physician. So I, I do want to address the, the lightheadedness or the passing out, but before we get to that, let's talk more about the normal stuff. Yep. What are the kind of things that bring on palpitations? What what we recognize sometimes it just happens in people, but yep. what are the either lifestyle or things people are exposed to that might make them more likely to be aware Absolutely, of Absolutely, yeah. And so anytime we see somebody with palpitations, first thing we talk about is their lifestyle. Um, has there been any recent stressors? Has there been any recent kind of what's their sleep hygiene? Are they losing sleep? Are they busier or less busy at work? Have there been any kind of life-changing or life-altering events that can certainly trigger the palpitations? Um, many times patients will... Um, you know, increase their caffeine intake because they're just busy at work or busy with life, and that can certainly trigger the palpitation. So that's the first thing is just figuring out in their lifestyle what has changed that can certainly trigger the sensation of palpitations. And and uh, um, again, if someone has something that triggers the palpitation, the goal would be to get rid of that or... Arguably, if the palpitations are benign and they have some lifestyle like caffeine that they like, yep. just go ahead and drink caffeine. Yep. I know you'll have some palpitations. Exactly right. And, and something we, we don't consider often is exercise. I think um, in a society, we probably don't get out and exercise often enough. And when we exercise, we get this adrenaline rush. And, and that adrenaline rush is extremely healthy, especially for the heart. When we don't have that adrenaline rush, Frequency of palpitations tends to be much higher as well. Okay. When I asked you about what can cause it, you did bring up a lifestyle change or some kind of stressful things. Um, and that's a term that sometimes can bring on anxiety, um, which is a yep. real medical disorder, causes hormones. So what's the relationship between anxiety and palpitations? Is, yep. is, let me rephrase that. We know anxiety can produce palpitations. Are there different kinds of electrical abnormalities that can be produced by the anxiety? Absolutely. So uh, anxiety is going to, yeah, um, when you have anxiety, you're certainly going to have an elevated heart rate. And that elevated heart rate can certainly trigger sensations of palpitations. And, you know, anxiety comes and goes. So at times, patients will feel okay. And other times when the anxiety picks up, the heart rate will certainly accelerate. And that can certainly cause many symptoms. So let's talk about the, the things that someone may feel that might suggest, well, would suggest and say, wait, get, you really should get checked out. You mentioned yeah. lightheaded, yeah. shortness of breath, passing out. Passing out. What yeah. are the things that can cause that? What would cause the palpitations associated with sure. those types of symptoms? Yeah, I think the first thing is always knowing is the heart healthy or not and that's something that seeing a cardiologist would be extremely helpful for they will likely order an ultrasound of the heart to look at the actual heart muscle and making sure that the heart muscle is beating okay and make sure that the valves are okay that would be the most important thing also knowing a family history would also be important patients that have a strong family history of unexplained passing out or unexplained death 
definitely a concern, and we want to you know investigate not just that individual, Genetic but their families. Genetic abnormalities that can Gen- lead to electrical problems exactly that can right. be life threatening. Yeah, sure. exactly sure. right. So see a doctor, talk about maybe structural heart problems, valve problems, like you said. Yep. Um, when would you recommend a person wear a monitor, the Holter monitors, yeah. the boxes that look at their yeah. electrocardiogram for think, a day or two? Yeah, I think um, anytime somebody has palpitations, we want to correlate their symptoms with exactly what's going on. So I always say, you know, don't be frustrated. A lot of times it's difficult to find exactly what's causing the palpitations because you can have an EKG, which if you don't have the symptoms when you have the EKG, you're not going to find exactly what's caused. So we'll put a Holter monitor, which is more prolonged monitoring. And importantly, you have to document symptoms. So you have to document exactly the time that you had the symptoms. That way we can see what the heart rhythm is doing at the time of the symptoms. And correlating that event would be extremely uh, helpful and so, important. So that, that, that would be one of the weapons or the tools we have to help uh, differentiate uh, how we Absolutely. treat someone. Absolutely. So we're talking about, we talked about how uh, most palpitations or awareness of your heart beating benign situations yep. that can cause it, but not necessarily associated with something dangerous. The symptoms that can be signs of something dangerous, again, lightheadedness, passing yep. out, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the workups for um, um, those types of um, uh, components. What would be the electrical rhythms that would then be considered the dangerous ones? Sure. You know, I think in this country and certainly around the world, the most common one will be an arrhythmia called atrial fibrillation. And atrial fibrillation as an arrhythmia itself is not dangerous, but the consequences uh, can certainly be life, life-changing, life such as blood clot formation and stroke formation. So that's certainly one of the main ones we want to pick up and assure that the patient doesn't have it. And early detection is key to prevent those life-altering consequences of atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation is associated with age, and we're an older population, so yep. we're seeing more atrial fibrillation. Absolutely. I think it's important for the listeners to know because you have a palpitation does not mean you have atrial fibrillation and going to have a stroke that day. Exactly. So we don't right. want to scare people uh, yeah. unnecessarily, but that is the concern with atrial fibrillation, why we want to diagnose that. Yeah. Um, what about um, supraventricular tachycardia, yeah. SVT, especially yeah. in younger people? Absolutely. So supraventricular tachycardia is a classification of tachycardias, and especially in the young uh, patient population, it is one of the more common causes of sustained heart palpitations. Kind of sudden onset, sudden offset. Patients will say, I was just sitting at my desk, all of a sudden started having these very rapid heartbeats and soon thereafter it kind of went away and you know what when i think about it i've been having this since i was a little kid i just never paid yeah, attention not, to it doesn't necessarily start later in age. exactly right so you know those are the patients that you know uh, superventricular tachycardia is quite common the good thing about superventricular tachycardia is what i tell patients that they're essentially curable and curable with a procedure that electrophysiologists perform that's called an ablation um, which you know most times is a curable treatment, you know, which is done as an outpatient. I always say when we have patients who or, or have it and it's troublesome and they say, you know, should I get an ablation? Is it safe? And I said, if my if my daughter needed it, yeah. I'd have her do it tomorrow. And I do love yeah. my daughter. So I think yeah. that's, that's my <laughs> exactly. I always love how some of these terms, and, and I can bring this up editorialized because it's my show, yeah. but I, I love how these terms sound so important. Tachycardia is one of the ones that kills me because tachy is Greek for fast and cardia is Greek for heart. So it literally means fast heart. Exactly. Right. And people come in and say, I, I feel my heart racing. I think I'm having a tachycardia. And they're Saying, I feel my heart racing. I think I'm having a fast heart. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> the terms are always so descriptive, but they sound yeah. important. Um, so, uh, so those would be the dangerous kinds of um, arrhythmias, the supraventricular tachycardias, atrial fibrillations. You did mention something interesting, where sometimes you find people who have these SVTs, the more rapid uh, sustained ones, and they've had symptoms, like you said, the, when they they feel it when they're a kid and they cough or they mm-hmm. they you know drink a cold drink or something. What are, what are things that people can do to kind of break these tachycardias yeah. yeah. at home that they may be doing and not yeah. even realizing they're having? Yeah, exactly right. 
yeah. Many times we'll say, you know, patients will tell me exactly how they've been able to get rid of these tachycardias because they've kind of learned throughout their life how to get rid of them. And those are what we call vagal maneuvers. And, you know, different, there's many different types of vagal maneuvers, but, you know, a strong cough, um, drinking uh, cold fluid. Some patients will kind of pour very cold water in their face and that kind of causes this vagal reaction that'll terminate the, the tachycardia pretty quickly. And if you have kind of a vagal response that terminates tachycardia, very very specific for, for an SVT. So that's actually very helpful to know if patients have been able to terminate their Helps tachycardia with that. that that's what's exactly happening. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I think it's, um, it is something that people tend to, to do on a regular basis and we don't think about it. Um, but I think that point you said a couple of times is it stops suddenly. So I think when people feel their heart racing for stress or, or something else, it kind of gradually picks up and goes down. But when people can identify, oh, it just started Oh, it's gone. It's more likely to be uh, an electrical uh, problem. Exactly. So um, we did mention atrial fibrillation. We did mention supraventricular tachycardias, but two different kinds of arrhythmias. Let's talk about the Apple Watch. Let's talk about yeah, you know yeah. these wearables that are out there yeah, now, where people yeah. can can check their rhythms, yeah, and we're yeah. finding in the cardiology space that's actually useful in some cases. Yeah, yeah. What's your experience been with that? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, you know wearables are the future. Um, the diagnostic value of these watches, I think, is very important, especially talking about atrial fibrillation. Um, you know, talking about tach- you know tachycardia palpitations. We can sometimes use the heart, the Apple Watch, in order to correlate. Like we said, we have to correlate the symptoms with exactly what the patient's feeling. So if they're having their symptoms and they can get a tracing on their Apple Watch, you know, we've made the diagnosis right there, and the tracings are actually you know pretty great. Um, now we generally don't want to text what they're tracing at three in the morning. Right. It's not an emergency. <laughs> That's we can, right. You know, we can That's do it right. Later, right. Wait for the office visitor yeah, email. Will be a, suffice exactly right. But I think as as you mentioned, it's a great tool that people can correlate when I'm feeling something. I can check with the rhythm. I can show it to my doc. Well, no, you weren't really having an arrhythmia then, mm-hmm. and that also can provide reassurance to the patient that when I'm feeling this, I know it's not something uh, problematic. Exactly. And I think right. we are, and we're even building this in our in in the cardiology group about um, um, a program where the patients can actually use these devices and we can filter getting the results in a, in a real-time basis. So yeah, I think it's yeah. a really very, very, very powerful. Yeah, that's definitely thinking in the future, right? That, okay. That's it. Well, it's great information. A um, couple, of, couple of quick hits I want to give you and you can yeah. just tell me, um, yeah, you know, well, they, they can cause palpitations or or is it a, a significant one or a dangerous one? And, yep. and so you mentioned caffeine. Yep. Yeah, excessive caffeine absolutely causes palpitations. And that can include, from one of our previous shows with our great Dr. Del Conde, that can include energy drinks or tea or coffee yep. or colas. Yep. It's not Weight just... Weight loss medications. Weight loss medications is great also. Why, why do sometimes people say, um, I lie down in bed and I start feeling my heart racing? Yep. So uh, a couple of reasons. One, again, we talked, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but you know, all of a sudden you're, you're alone, you're on your bed, you're a little bit more aware of, of your own body at that time. And so you can feel it. But the other thing is, and we lay down, uh, all of a sudden we have much more blood return back to the heart. And when we have blood return back to the heart, we can get a little bit of elevated heart rate and all of a sudden be aware, oh yeah, my heart is beating. Absolutely. Okay. Um, last question is um, pregnant women. Yep. Um, I remember going back to my old uh, UM Jackson days. We yep. had a, preg- a clinic for pregnant women with cardiac complaints. A lot of palpitations, most of it benign. Yeah. What yep. what what can you say to yep. pregnant women who start feeling you know, the heart races? O- overwhelmingly benign. You know, well, when we're pregnant, uh, we get what we call increased blood volume. So we just you know our, the amount of blood in our system and the amount of plasma in our system is just increasing. So the reaction of the body is to increase the heart rate. It can go up about ten to twenty beats actually by the end yeah. of the pregnancy. And people can really sensitive. And to that. you can really be sensitive. And to when that. they lie down, also yep. if the uterus is pregnant. Pro- okay. yeah, exactly. 
exactly right. Okay. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks, Mario. It's been Thank great. You. I think uh, it's been great information, and, and most importantly, who's not at risk when they yep. feel palpitations, and what are those extra components that might suggest it's time to get checked out. Again, go to your primary care doctor, confer to a cardiologist, electrophysiologist is the end of mm-hmm. the food chain when there's really something that's established and we yep. want to take care of. So we don't want people just with palpitations saying, I want to see the great Dr. Pasquale, <laughs> though you are here to help them if we need to. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, thanks, folks, for listening. Again, uh, this is another episode of uh, the Baptist Health Talk uh, podcast. Um, Dr. Jonathan Fialco, if you have uh, any thoughts or questions or advice or any further topics, please email us at uh, BaptistHealthTalk at BaptistHealth.net. Um, and uh, again, hope you enjoyed the podcast and can't wait to speak to you soon. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.